Welcome to the While You Are Single podcast. O.J. Tokes' new, revised, and updated book, While You Are Single, A Guide to Finding and Keeping the Right Mate for Your Life, is now available. For more details about the book, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. Meanwhile, enjoy the podcast. Here is O.J. Tokes. Heavenly Father, God, we just thank you, Lord, for your presence here. We ask that you open our hearts to heed your word, open our ears to hear your word, open our eyes to perceive your word, open our minds to understand your word, Father God, and give us the wisdom to apply your word into our lives. We bind any spiritual force that will try to hold back, inhibit, or prevent us from receiving from you tonight, Father God. And all this we ask, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Some of you may have heard of the story of a king. He did not have an heir, so he decided to have a competition to find an heir, someone who will take over the kingdom when he passes. So they designed some kind of competition, and during the competition, a lot of guys were invited, and at the end of the day, there was a tie, a three-way tie. Three guys emerged as potential heirs to the throne. So he decided to throw another competition for the three guys, and they were going to run to find out who was the fastest runner. So they were going to hear two signals, okay? The first signal was for them to run. Then the guy who was officiating the competition went to each guy and told him, when you hear the first signal, don't run. Wait till you get a signal from the king before you actually run. So he told each contestant, the three men, when you hear the first signal to run, don't run. Wait for the second signal from the king before you run. All the men said they got the instruction. So the first signal went, and the first guy started running. Halfway, he remembered he wasn't supposed to run, so he stopped. The second guy, when he saw the first guy run, he also started running. And when the second guy started running, and the first guy saw that the second guy was running, the first guy continued running. The third guy was anxious, like, oh, I haven't heard the signal anytime now, because this guy's already getting ahead of me. He was waiting for the signal, hoping the king would do something. But the king didn't do anything. Oh, I was disappointed because he waited. Then after the race, the king called all three of them. Then the king asked the first person, he said, why did you run? He said he forgot that he wasn't supposed to run. Okay. Then he went to the second person. Why did you run? He said he saw the first person running, so he also ran. Then he went to the third person. He said, why didn't you run? He said, because I was told to wait for your signal before I run. And the king said, you're absolutely right. He made the third guy the heir, and he told the third guy this. You see, I know that all, you, all of you guys can run. What I didn't know is, can you wait? And I feel like God is saying the same thing to us right now. God knows that you can run. You can make things happen. You can hustle. You can get your grind on. You can do whatever you need to do to get whatever you need to get. But can 
you wait. I know that we're tired. Let's be honest, just tired of hearing people saying you need to wait. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. I want to encourage you tonight by letting you know that waiting on the Lord is worth the wait. Not waiting on the Lord is not worth the wait. Okay? Waiting on the Lord is worth the wait. But not waiting on the Lord is not worth the wait or the heaviness. Some of you know the story in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. I quote that all the time. God himself said, It's not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. Then in verse 19 of Genesis, God went on to say that out of the ground he formed the wild animals and the birds of the sky, and he brought them to Adam, and whatever he called them, that was their name, okay? Then in verse 20, he goes on to say, God, uh, Adam gave names to the birds of the sky and to the wild animals and to the livestock, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. And that's in Genesis 2.20. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. Usually when we use the word found or find, that implies something or someone is being looked for, correct? So when the verse in Genesis 2.20 says, But for Adam, no suitable helper was found, that implies that somebody somewhere was looking for a helper for Adam. Okay? Because the word found is used. You're not going to use the word find unless you're looking for something. Okay? So the question is, okay, who was trying to find someone for Adam? We know it's not God. We know it's not God because God already said in Genesis 2.18 that he will make him a helper suitable for him. That means God knows there is no one suitable for you right now. I'm going to make that person. So God will not be looking for anyone for Adam because he knows the person doesn't exist. That's why he said he's going to make the person for Adam. Now we can safely conclude that the animals weren't looking for anything for Adam. Okay. Which leaves only one person. Adam was doing the looking. Adam was looking. And you know, a lot of us are like Adam. Because Adam was given an assignment. I understand if people are not serving God or not doing anything for God, but uh, over the years, you know, serving in the ministry, being around a lot of people, I know a lot of you are serving God. You're being faithful. You love the Lord. And you're like, Adam, God has given you an assignment. And while you're doing what God has called you to do, no one suitable for you seems to be found. Like Adam, you're looking around and you're noticing things. Like Adam is noticing things as he's giving names to the animals. They got each other. And he's looking around and there's nothing, no one suitable for him. And a lot of you feel that way. You're serving God, you're being faithful, day in, day out, year in, 
year out and you look around and like Adam, all you see are animals. You see dogs, you see goats, you see monkeys, oh man, she's hot, <laughs> she's hot, <laughs> you see cats, hi, how you doing, would you like to go for coffee, leave me alone, you creep, <laughs> you see pigs, and it can be frustrating, like, when is this going to happen for me? But I want to encourage you with that popular scripture, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, New King James Version. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It did not say that everybody is going to mount up with wings like eagles. It says those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The word translated as wait there is the Hebrew word kavah. And when I looked, at, looked up that word, it brings out or highlights four things about the word wait. It means to look for, to expect, to hope, to trust. So really when that verse says those who wait on the Lord, the word wait on the Lord there really means those who look to the Lord, those who expect from the Lord, those who hope in the Lord, those who are looking to God, those who trust God. So to wait on the Lord is to look to the Lord, to expect, to trust it's an attitude of expectation and hope in the Lord. So when we talk about waiting on God, how we wait is with expectation, is with hope. It's with trust in God. And I want to go to a story that kind of gives a good overview of waiting on God. And the story is the story of feeding the 5,000. Uh, this story is actually shared with us four different times in Mark, in Matthew, in Luke, and John. But I'm going to focus on Luke's version in Luke chapter 9. But I want to give an overview of the story. Some of you know the story. Jesus is teaching the multitude. And when he was done, the disciples came to him and told him to send them away because we don't have enough food. And Jesus asked them, what do you have? And they said, five loaves and two fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus told them, you know, gave them instructions and all that kind of stuff. But I want to look at this story because it kind of gives a picture of how to wait on God. Uh, five loaves and two fishes, but I want to stick with the bread, for example. How many of you have heard the verse that says, where Jesus said, healing is the children's bread. There's a verse that says healing is the children's bread. And we know that healing has nothing to do with food. It's health. The point I'm trying to make is I want us to look at the, the bread in the story of the loaves and the fishes as a picture of provision. God providing your need. Everybody here has different needs. 
Um, some of you may have similar needs, whether it's a need for a mate or a need for a breakthrough or a need for a promotion or a need for healing. All that can fall under the umbrella of bread for you. And it seems like what you need is scarce. What you need is not available. How do you wait on the Lord with expectation and hope that you will have this need met? And I want us to look at the story to give us an overview, a picture of how we can wait on the Lord to receive our needs or whatever it is we are waiting or expecting from him. Okay. So having said that in uh, Luke chapter nine, verse 14, the first thing that Jesus did to provide for the multitude was he told the disciples, have the people sit down. Number one, relax, relax. Have a Coke and a smile. It's okay. Relax. Jesus did not just give them the, the, the bread and the fish. There was a process they went through before that was provided for them. Relax. God knows what you need before you even ask. And of course, it says you should ask. But nevertheless, waiting involves relaxing. Just chill. Calm down. It's okay. Relax. That's number one. Relax. Also, I'm going to give you five points to help you wait. Number one is to relax. Also, in Luke chapter 9, verse 14, Jesus also said, have the people sit down in groups of about 50 each, which means the people were scattered all over the place. So when Jesus told them to the disciples to have them sit down, he was basically saying, put them in order. Number two, get your life in order. Get your life in order. How many of you know a lot of people that want to get married and you're like, oh, I don't think they need to be getting married right now. <laughs> they got a lot going on. They need to get that straight first. Mm -mm, <laughs> And they're crying, talking about where's my maid and all that. Like, whoa, um, we need to get some things in order first. Hello. You know, and Jesus is saying the same thing. Get your life in order. Number one, relax. Number two, get your life in order. Okay. Number three, also Luke chapter nine. Verse 14, Jesus said, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. Number three, join the right group. Join the right group. It's interesting that they got the word with the large group. But the specific thing they needed, the food itself, came when they joined the smaller group. So in joining the right groups, I, I can kind of break them down into three kinds of groups. And in Matthew 14, 21, it talks about how the people that, that ate, there were about 5,000 men beside 
women, and children. So we can see three groups right there. There were men there. There were children there. Um, there were women there. I believe there were singles there. But nevertheless, the point I'm trying to make is you want to make sure you're joined to the right group. And I see that there are basically three groups from this story. Uh, the first group is what I like to call the large or the general group, okay? That's the multitude. That's the first group. Everybody was together when Jesus was speaking and sharing the word with them. That's the large group, uh, the congregation, your church. That's why I'm always encouraging people to make sure you have a home church, okay? There's the large group. You want to make sure you're part of a large a church or a body of Christ. That's the large group or the general group. Then the second group is what I like to call the, the small or the connect group or however, you know, different uh, congregations call them, a smaller group. And under the smaller group, you can have singles within the group. You can have the children's group, the women's group, the men's group, the young adults. You just want to make sure you're with the group that is aligned with where you are in life. And like I said earlier, the people got fed when they got into the smaller group. See, there are some people, <laughs> they're not getting what God has for them because they're not part of a connect or a smaller group. They're part of the big group, and you get some things in the big group, but sometimes the specific things that is tailored to you that you can really get from God comes from a smaller group. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We hope you are informed, inspired, and impacted. If you'd like to learn more about O.J. Tokes, his books, blog, music, and his monthly ministry for singles, please visit whileyouaresingle.org. That is whileyouaresingle.org. If you've been blessed by the podcast, we encourage you to please share with your friends. Until next week's podcast, take care and stay blessed.